Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, episode 38. At the time of this recording, Bitcoins are trading at $389 each, and LTB coins are trading at point zero 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 four two two cents. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Now that's gravy. Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, and thanks for joining me today as I podcast from East Nashville, Tennessee, with my trusty dog, Maxwell, by my side. Say hello, Maxwell. (laughs) We're just two crazy guys from East Nashville who love talking about Bitcoins and sharing what we learn with you, the listener. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. On today's show, I am pleased to have back on the show Cedric Cobbin and Eddie Corral of the BitShares Music Foundation. Cedric and Eddie talked to me about the music business, past, present, and future. And indeed, the future looks bright for the music business as we prepare to move away from our old paradigms that keep the power in the hands of music business fat cats and put the power where it belongs, into the hands of the musicians, the music creators, the artists, for the first time in world history. How is this possible, you might ask? Well, you'll have to listen to the interview to find out now, won't you? But I'll give you a hint. It has something to do with the world's first decentralized music label. So today on the show, through the magic of Skype, we are talking with Quebec and Houston, Texas. Simultaneously, we're speaking with Cedric Cobbin and Eddie Corral, two guys who are doing something pretty extraordinary with music. Guys, welcome to the show. Good Hello. to be here. Where do you guys want to start? Uh, what do you want to tell our listeners? Yeah, we're starting with releasing the blockchain itself. So we have to release Bitshare's music, the actual DAC. Mm-hmm. So that DAC is basically a copy of uh, Bitshare's X. So we're using the Bitshare's toolkit to release that, meaning... It has all the same functionalities, only there'll be a couple little tweaks to make it more music-centric. If you would tell our listeners what a DAC is, some people may not know what a DAC is. Yeah, a DAC is a decentralized autonomous company. In the BitShare space, we kind of view every little blockchain as its own little company. So the DAC, decentralized autonomous company, would be a company that has no human in charge, no CEO, nothing like that. It's all automated, but it has a purpose, just like a company. Its purpose is to make profit and it has expenses to pay out. In the Bitcoin world, the profit are all the transaction fees and the expenses are paying for your security guards, which are the miners. Isn't it true that a DAC cannot be shut down? A DAC does not live on a central server. Is that right? Exactly. So that's one of the main characteristics of DAX. And why we would want to go that approach is that it's just once it's launched, it's pretty much unstoppable. In Bitcoin's example, as long as miners are mining, Bitcoin is alive. In the case of BitShares, as long as the delegates are pumping out blocks and processing transactions, the DAC is alive. Okay, the delegates and how many delegates are there? BitShares X, BitShares Music, all the BitShares products run on DPoS, which is delegated proof of stake. So everything goes through 101 delegates, which every single shareholder can vote for or against. So it's kind of like decentralizing the mining power, I guess you could say. Whereas with Bitcoin, you don't have a say in what this or that miner does. If he has the hashing power, if he has enough capital to buy himself a miner and pump out hash out blocks, then he has a say forever. 
with BitShares, when you're a delegate, you're basically like a miner, only the shareholders can kick you out anytime you screw up or if you're malicious or whatever reason might be. I see. And is it known who the delegates are or is that private information? Is that anonymous? Uh, it can be. It depends. You can stay anonymous, pseudonymous, I guess, kind of like Bitcoin. Right. But it could be in your best interest to actually not be anonymous. If you want votes, if you want to actually be voted in, because remember, you make a salary as a delegate. I see. Just like a miner. So you're processing transactions, you're making a salary. Now, you might want to keep yourself anonymous, but you might get a lot of votes if you say, hey, look, we're this and that company. Uh, we're pumping out blocks. We got the fastest server out there. We're going to speed up the network. And we might even not take all our pay. We might you know, give the pay back to the shareholders or use it for any reason we might want, whether that's putting the logo on the moon or uh, hmm. you know, buying a commercial at the Super Bowl, uh, building new apps to create a better ecosystem. The main thing to take away from Depos is that all the wealth created from the system stays in the system. Hmm. We're not using that money to pay for hardware and power companies. So we're not giving it to a coal burning company, basically. Like Bitcoin, there's at least $1 million a day being sold off yeah. to pay for all those expenses. That means there's a million dollars a day of sell pressure. That's really what's causing that whole Bitcoin price collapse. You have to have at least a million dollars coming in a day buying up what the miners are paying to the power companies. Right. So DPoS eliminates that. We're running off of that system. BitShares Music is basically running off of that system, which is a very, very fast, 60 times the speed of Bitcoin as far as signing off blocks. Instead of just having the miners secure the system, mm -hmm. the delegates are actually incentivized to speed up the system. Every single delegate can invest in hardware which speeds up the network instead of just having the same slow network, only with harder times for hashing, basically. I see. And I know there are some listeners out there wondering, well, it sounds to me like this is starting to get centralized. You have these delegates and these delegates could be bribed or all of a sudden there's a board of directors and they could be bribed. Is that true or is that not true? Right. That's a very legitimate concern. Now, you have to look at it compared to what? So if you compare it to Bitcoin or any other altcoin, really, it's less centralized because you can actually vote them out. Whereas the big mining pools in Bitcoin, you cannot vote them out. If you're a Bitcoin holder, like you have a share of that DAC called Bitcoin, mm -hmm. you can't vote those people out. Right. They have the mining power. They have the rigs. They have the warehouses full of them. They've got the cooling gels. They, they got the whole nine yards. Right. Whereas when you're a note holder or a BitShares X holder, whatever BitShares products we're talking about, you can vote them out immediately if they're nefarious. I see. I like that. I think a lot of people would appreciate that, the ability to get rid of a bad actor if you need to, right? Exactly. <laughs> it reminds me of The Godfather, you know, the day that his son was christened. He put all the hits out on the other heads of the mafia families. A great scene in The Godfather. But I digress, gentlemen. <laughs> Let's get back to the business at hand. That was some great information that you gave, and I know that that helped a lot of our listeners who are interested in that aspect, the inner workings of it. And I know that a lot of our listeners are more interested in the exciting, uh, hands-on, everybody-can-use-it aspect. So continue on, gentlemen. By the way, that was Cedric Cobbin, who was just speaking to us. So listeners, you know which voice is which. So now here comes the Eddie Corral, Texas version. Ladies and gentlemen, Eddie Corral. Now, how do we marry the two? We have the music side to this, the entertainment side. What does it do for the artist? What, what is this really all about? Mm -hmm. 
today's market, I can't, if I could use bad language, I would, is so screwed up today for the musician. It's in, I mean, it's un, unbelievable. Yeah. First off, you load your music up to somebody called TuneCore, who takes a fee, who then loads it onto iTunes, who ends up taking 30% right off the top of your retail sale, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, if you go through a record label, Again, you're an artist. They take home, what, six, seven cents at the most? Mm-hmm. If you write the song, you may get a little bit more. And then you're told by the labels, well, you know, I only pay you two times a year. Well, well what about iTunes is paying you on my product monthly? Mm-hmm. Where's that money? So you're earning interest off my money. I mean, you can go on and on and on. The accountability for Spotify, Pandora, the streaming business is, is so messed up. Artists are supposed to receive .001 of a penny, you know, in order to get their royalties. So it, it there's no accounting for any of that. What our first attempt on this platform was to create the let's make an artist coin, let's build an exchange. And those were all great ideas. What we faced in the beginning, also from the Eddie Corral Foundation, was a lot of money <laughs> that, that went into this project, which is good. I'm here for the long haul, too, by the way. Anybody listening to this, this is no pipe dream. I've been in the music business 25 plus years, I've worked for every major label, was with Clear Channel Radio. I can go down the list. You know, it's been a a great, great time. And I'm really behind this 100%. But then, you know, I started to take a step back and what are we building? You know, okay, it's a way for the musician to upload their music, have people download. We'll have streaming, of course. But I looked at a bigger picture of how we can be accountable to the musician, to the artist, to the performer. See, other companies out there right now the reverb nations of the world, all of them, great, great efforts, good, good companies. Mm-hmm. However, they're pulling from the artist. Everybody is taking money from the artist. Five bucks for this, $20 for that. Let me pay for that, pay for that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not doing that. We're, we're building an ecosystem, merry-go-round, if you will, around the world that will allow an artist to jump on it and benefit. We can get technical with how this is all going to work, but in my promotional speech, this is how I'm going to describe it. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, you basically will come onto our platform, upload your music, and you're introduced to a world that's already in operation. We have support from already a couple, ma- I can't make announcements on that just yet. Major artists participating, you know, with fan bases of a million, two million at a pop. Okay. Our goal is for independent artists to share in that. We'll look at your whole catalog of music and say, hey, you need to be with this group of fans and then the machine in the background runs itself you don't need to be charged for that before you know it you know your fans will build on its own yes we are developing artist coins kind of like a baseball card if you will Mm -hmm. and the people who purchase let's say we always use this is our worst analogy but we're going to do it because cedric is from canada we, let's say we have the Justin Bieber coin. Oh, <laughs> man. One of Cedric's favorite coins. He can't wait to oh, come out. So, so you have the Justin Bieber coin. Yeah, so fans who hold that coin, you know, have chances now to sample music and earn more coins. So the fan can, can uh, the artist can um, reward their fans. And then those coins were linking up with other uh, uh, sponsors like Starbucks, like your, your big people to reward everybody. Hmm, you know, hey, wh- wh- wouldn't you like a free cup of coffee if you told me to listen to this song? And do you 
you like it or not, okay, boom, it pops on your phone. Now go to Starbucks and cash it in. Right. That's what we're talking about here. So, and it also builds the fan base for the artist. With all of that said, though, at the end of the day, there's still proper accounting. At any one time, the artist will be compensated. If there's music publishers involved that need to be paid, boom, they get their money. That is what has taken us so long as to marry. See, I, I came from the corporate side of the music business. Right. And when I met Cedric and these crypto guys and these devs, what the, what the hell is a dev? You know, so I had to define and get, I had to get my vocabulary together. I've had a great time with this effort, but it was now, how do we marry blockchain with the masses? Right. And we've done it with this product finally. And that's why we're attempting now to go public with things and hopefully launch this, I think, what did we say, Cedric? I think uh, it all depends on uh, the Bissier's toolkit. It's very recent that we've decided to implement streaming. We were going to go straight away with an MVP, just allowing the artist to upload his music and then allowing him to create his own coin, right, to incentivize his fans. We can go into that a bit later. But uh, now we recently decided to go with the streaming option because it is kind of the future. People are streaming more and more from their apps, from their phones. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so that might complicate our estimated time of a release. Basically, we'll have a full product instead of just an MVP. Right. It sounds like what you guys are doing is a monumental task, actually, when you think about it and you think about where is this money going to go and how is the writer, the publisher and whoever else is involved, how are these people going to get paid the licensing? All of those things are pretty complicated. And you're trying to do that here with a new technology. I mean, this is cutting edge stuff. So let me ask you guys, you know, forget about the beebs or whatever they call them, but um, <laughs> let's, use an un <laughs> let's use an unknown. Like uh, Eddie and the Tornadoes. Eddie and the Tornadoes. Or let's use John Barrett. Right. I'm a songwriter. So let's say that I want to get involved with this. So walk me through. I have a couple of Bitcoin songs. I want the world to hear them. I want to expand my listener base. And I also would like to make a little bit of money doing this. How do I start? All right. Well, we'll just do a simple walkthrough. So you would just show up to the PeerTracks website and create your account. So create your profile, use the name you want, whatever your artist name or band name is. Then you just simply upload your music and you set your own price. We don't decide what price you sell your music. That's up to you as an artist. And remember, you now have way less overhead. There's no more middlemen taking a cut. So that 30 cents, you don't have to charge it or you can charge it and keep it. The artist has the option of selling it for 60 cents and still making the exact same amount of money he used to make on the other traditional sites. Or you could still charge a buck and just make a killing. Uh, so nice. you have a lot of wiggle room there. Yeah, that's great. Now, once that's done, that's all great. You have a site that pays you directly. PeerTrax does not hold your funds. Everything is done through blockchain. So when somebody buys one of your songs, it doesn't have to go through us. It's just directly from his wallet to your wallet. PeerTrax gets a notification that that money was sent and we just allow you to download the song. When you say wallet to wallet. Now, what kind of currency are we talking about here? They have something called BitUSD. How BitUSD works, that's for another time, but basically it's a market pegged asset. So it's the bit assets that are market pegged to the real asset in the real world. So a BitUSD tracks the price of a USD. So our customers on PeerTrax, they never have to deal with the crypto volatility. The last thing we want is to have little Jimmy take his mom's credit card, buy $10 worth of uh, coins you know, to, to spend on the site, and those coins just all of a sudden they're worth $7, now they're worth 11 now they're worth 6 and he never even spent 
a penny. Mm-hmm. So we, to avoid that, we're using what uh, Dan Larimer created, the BitUSD. So the BitUSD tracks that price as close as possible. So right now it has a really, really nice track record keeping with the peg. So our customer shows up with his uh, credit card. He takes his uh, US dollar and it turns into bit US dollar, which has price stability. So he's shielded from the whole volatility world. Remember, our customers are not traders. They're not crypto junkies. They're not uh, anything like that. They are people that want to shop for music. They don't even know they're using a blockchain. All they know is that for some reason, that website is cheaper and that money goes directly to the artist. Mm -hmm. That's it for him. Now, Going back to the artist's perspective, you have already created your profile, uploaded your music, sold at the price of your choosing. Now, if you want, you can create your own artist coin. So the user-issued assets allows you to fund your career because you're selling them off to your fans or you can give them to charity, do what you want. But mm-hmm. the power is in the hands of the artist. He can now sell those coins, John coins, <laughs> and um, with those coins, the money is going directly to you. Now, whenever you sell from the PeerTracks website or anywhere else on the blockchain, really, whether it's a song, an album, merchandise, maybe tickets, whatever you would sell from our platform, a percentage of it goes to a buyback mechanism which is uh, basically buying up that coin on the books. That creates a couple things. It creates liquidity. So whenever somebody has a John coin, he bought it for a penny, now it's worth three pennies, oh, he wants to cash out. He doesn't have to wait for a human to want to buy it off him because as long as John sells music on his PeerTracks profile or on the blockchain, as long as you're selling music, you have demand for your coin, cashing out your, your fans, basically. So that mechanism buys up the coin, which is artificial demand. Mm-hmm. It burns whatever is bought, which reduces supply. And both of these mechanisms increase price, mm-hmm. potential price, and uh, it creates liquidity for your coin itself. So we have tied the sale of your music with the price of your coin, which leads to another very interesting aspect is that we've tied price discovery with talent discovery. If you're looking at the charts and you go to the death metal section and all right, what's what's new here? It's kind of like a coin market cap, only you see how much these coins are worth and it should give you an idea. It's not perfect, of course. There's many other factors, but it should give you an idea of what's hot, what's rising, uh, what are people interested in right now? Who are the, the avant-garde people really listening to? Why is this coin going up uh, 75% in the last 24 hours? Maybe it's that new happy song that just came out. This is a very good way to detect what's new and what's going on in the music world, as niche-oriented as you can, whether it's a very obscure type of techno genre or a mainstream music. How is that information being gathered from what sources? It would be the market that is on blockchain. Okay. BitShares has, it's not just an altcoin, it's, it's actually a market where multiple things trade on there. Mm-hmm. There's the units themselves, which are called notes. The BitShares music notes are what bitcoins are to the Bitcoin network. So they're, they're just the basic unit. Now, on that blockchain, you can have bit assets like the BitUSD, which are basically just a U.S. dollar collateralized by notes. Mm-hmm. So you're just trading around that stable market pegged bit U.S. dollar. Okay. And you also have the user-issued assets. So the John coin, the Snoop coin, the Rihanna coin, and of course, the lovely Bieber coin. Mm-hmm. So all those things are trading around the blockchain. Everything is done on blockchain. There's no centralized exchange. The blockchain matches everything together. So if you want to sell a John coin, 
to Eddie and Eddie's sending a BitUSD, it never goes through anybody else. The blockchain will match Eddie's BitUSD to your wallet mm -hmm. and your wallet will now send one John coin to Eddie's wallet, all without middlemen, without anybody taking a huge cut. And that's it in a nutshell. That's great. That was the Canadian version. Now, would you like the Texas version? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Eddie. Yeah, Eddie, go ahead and give us the uh, Texas version. I would add to that, we're not Kickstarter, okay? Go to Kickstarter, raise your money, go record your record, all right? Right. Come to us, though, when you're ready to sell, promote, and do something with your music, you know? And the issuing of the coin, or what we like to term it more as a baseball card, mm -hmm. uh, you know, obviously, those were some of the obstacles we were all facing before you know, the, the legislation and regulation was saying that these were issuance of some type of stock. Anyway, you issue these baseball cards, so to speak, tokens for yourself, and that's how you raise your money. And you got to be realistic as an artist as well. You got to know where your fan base and you're trying to get going. Well, you know, you probably want to start out with 500, 1,000 coins. You know, now we've got some other players. They're already talking, issuing 50, 100,000 coins and doing charity type of events, you know, trying to raise money for charity. There's such a lot of great benefits and ideas that came about when we really went forward with this. So as you asked, how can we help John? There'll be drop down boxes, questionnaires, things that we can suggest and help you with that. You know, we'll also have an education area that helps explain to people more about what is the blockchain if they want to learn more about that. You know, we go to these conferences, 10 of them a year, mm -hmm. everything that's been going on, Cedric and I have been trying to go to, but all of them get up and say, okay, what is the thing that's going to be that gets the masses into Bitcoin? And what is that product? Yeah. You know, and what is it? So far, the race has been to set up infrastructure, the Coinbases, the Copays, the wallets, all of the base structure we need in place. But then, okay, so how do we utilize it? Patrick Bine over there with the Overstock making his big announcement. You know, there's mainstream applications for the blockchain. I think that's been the problem is that it's been too Bitcoin, 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 and everyone trying to badmouth the product. So our next phase will hopefully be to have this where, where musicians can come and at least begin the profile setup and the education process. Well, I think music is a great place to start if you want to get mass adoption for Bitcoin or for digital currencies or just for the whole idea of a blockchain or the whole idea of DAX, which I think Larimer is one of the pioneers in DAX, the whole concept, right? Um, yeah. Dan and Stan, right? The two brothers. But I think music is something that almost everybody in the world loves music in one way or another. And that's never going to stop, right? People always want to produce music. People always want to buy music. And so, yeah, I think that's something that's really at the heartbeat of what people want um, and what people are going to continue to go after. So, yeah, what you guys are doing with this, adding Eddie's experience with all of this tech experience that I assume Cedric has and a lot of other people have. This is brilliant. I love this whole concept. I really do. The time has come for something like this. Doing all the research, and Eddie doesn't need to do that research because he already knows, but the model is broken. The way everything works is broken. Those agencies that try to track royalties and some people that don't have a transparent ledger, and you can Google it and you'll see blog posts. My song will listen to a million times on Spotify and all I got was $17. Oh, right. That kind of thing. So there's a lot of room for improvement in the music world, and we have the technology to now do it. We just have to align all the incentives, and that's exactly what cryptocurrency can actually do. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny because the music business before MP3s, um, I remember talking to a publisher here in town and he was at a meeting. This was right when MP3s first started to exist, right? So he went to this big wig meeting of all these music execs down on Music Row in Nashville. And he said when the meeting was over and <laughs> after everybody, you know, after the shit had hit the fan and everybody was trying to explain what MP3s were, right? There were still guys outside scratching their head, these old music business guys saying, you know, now how, how do we how do we sell these MP3 things? What They still didn't understand what form they were in in their mind. It had to be a physical thing that you can sell. My point is that from the musician's perspective, from the artist's perspective, and that word is so often misused, artist, but from the musician's perspective, they're still being ripped off. They're not being ripped off in the same way that the big music labels used to rip people off. They're being ripped off in the ways that you guys have described, and it's just no good. What a lot of people talk about is when you have something that's decentralized, over time, it's going to do better than that hierarchical structure, you know, that hierarchical paradigm that we've all, you know, come to accept as reality that tells us we have to have a central authority <laughs> who is you know raping us a central authority who is taking the bulk of the money because you know they deserve it they've got the big building they've got to pay for the utilities they've got all these secretaries they've got all these A&R people they've got all this infrastructure that's why it's so expensive that's why musicians don't get any money because these guys are helping you get up there and in the process they've got all these bills to pay their overhead is huge so you know it makes sense well yeah you know it makes sense unless you're the artist who is you know the classic starving artist right and that's still ongoing so i think what you guys are offering is fantastic let me give you just a two second example so the press said the music business is down the tubes record sales are off you know i'd go to the interscope offices you know six floors you go there today at geffen it's probably luckily two floors and people halfway are filling those offices up right it wasn't a loss to the labels ladies and gentlemen do you know they prospered there's an interview with clive davis everybody knows clive davis right yeah the man in this interview i've learned this too the appearance of a shutdown was from the manufacturing plants, other distribution locations around the U.S. Those were beginning to shut down because there's no physical delivery of compact disc or 12-inch vinyl Mm -hmm. or any hardcore product, right? So what Clive says is that that's when we were cutting our loss. You're right. Get rid of the equipment. Sell it. Download is here. We don't have to we don't have to spend a dollar to press anything. It's like mining. We don't have all this equipment anymore and warehouses full of equipment and delivery and tr- all that mess is gone. Right, but isn't it also fair to say that all that product that was sold, a lot of those songs that would have been sold as a CD or, you know, sold on an album on vinyl and you know, the vinyl has uh Vinyl is back now, by the way, as we all know. But, you know, those are now MP3s that two kids can hold their phones. Their phones don't even have to touch by way of a cord anymore, right? You can just hold the phone there and transfer music over to somebody and you don't have to pay. I mean, there's so much. We all know there's so much piracy, but not even piracy from the kids' perspectives. They're just getting music for free. Yeah, John, but here's the flip side. That's what Weren't you making copies for your friends on your CD or your cassette tapes? <laughs> Everybody made party mixes back when you had cassette tapes and CDs and all that. You're right. And, and what you're saying is, is absolutely correct. The same model of theft, all of that's, you know, the torrent, all of that's happening. But from the big picture, from because that was major cost, those mm-hmm. 
distribution manufacturing plants. You know, it was major cost to them. So, yes, and during the crossroads of MP3 downloading and manufacturing of records, there was an impasse there. And so, yes, there was adjustment. Wow, this is getting ready to happen. Mm -hmm. And so iTunes says, we're going to pay you all this money. You know that the labels are making 30, 40, 50, 100 million dollars in fees from the Spotify's to have licensing deals for these. Oh, yeah. So they're making money. It's right. just, you're right. How does it trickle down to the artist? That's where it's convoluted. That's where it's messed up. So, right. You know, all we can do with peer tracks is at least try to attempt to put a some type of system in place for anybody. Cool in the gang, Eddie and the Tornadoes, John, <laughs> Cedric, you know, the guys that can still sell records. And that's what I'm hoping we can build with the platform. I love it. And it's called Peer Tracks, is that right? Yeah. The blockchain's website is at bitsharesmusicfoundation.org. And for the front end, the first front end that'll be uh, using that actual blockchain is called PeerTracks, correct? Okay, guys. So for people who want to buy into the DAC, tell us what they can do right now. Tell us what's coming. Okay, so you can go to bitsharesmusicfoundation.org. Okay. And right there, you'll see a countdown. That countdown says there's about 55 days left to, uh, depends when this airs, of course. It's a 60-day pre-sale where every single day we're auctioning off 5 million notes. Notes, I uh, just want to re remind everybody, are the units of that blockchain. So there's a total of 1.5 billion notes when we launch the DAC, and 5 million a day are being sold off to uh, anybody that sends Bitcoin to that donation address. So, I mean, if anybody's familiar with how Ethereum did it, how the BitShares guys did mm -hmm. it, it's very similar, only this is how BitShares does it, which is an auction a day for 60 days. Okay. It's an auction. So, for example, if you were to send one Bitcoin and Eddie were to send three, that means there's four Bitcoin bidding on the five million notes. So, you would get 25% and Eddie would get 75% because you sent one. So, it's really proportional to uh, how and much the, was sent auction. that day. Okay. And then it resets for the next day. Yeah, every 24 hours, there's 5 million and anybody can bid on that exact time period, that window. Oh, that's exciting. You know, a lot of people that listen to Bitcoins and Gravy and a lot of people who are in the Bitcoin sphere and in the digital currency world, a lot of people really are just in it for investment purposes. So they might have no interest in music and no interest in peer tracks at all, no interest in bit shares, but they might have an interest in owning a little something that might be worth something down the road. Does that make sense? Exactly. This is really like owning a part of the deck. Remember, a DAC has to be profitable. That's the whole BitShares approach. We have a business on a blockchain that is profitable. So it's like owning a part of a music label. Mm -hmm. The first decentralized record label, you can own a part of that. And when you have notes, remember, you can vote for what delegates you want. You can just spend them if you want. You can hold them if you want. Or you can just hold them and see how much they, uh, they value. It's really just owning a piece of a, a network. I like that. Yeah. Owning a piece of a network, owning a piece of the future of music. That's okay to say, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can own a piece of the future of music. Well said, John. <laughs> you know what? I, I think that's your first hit song. I think get over there and let, we'll create your <laughs> fan base and we'll release that as your first single. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. So the first decentralized record label on planet Earth, we don't know in other planets, they may have already done this millions of years <laughs> ago. We have no way of knowing that. But anyway, so I have been speaking with... Cedric Cobbin and Eddie Corral, two guys who are doing something amazing with BitShares and with BitShares Music. BitShares Music blockchain, 
That's the network. That's the highway that decentralized the company. Okay, and then PeerTracks is the company that sits on top of it. Exactly like a BitPay, for example, needs the Bitcoin network to operate. Same thing. PeerTracks by itself can't do anything. We need to plug into a DAC to see what's going on on the network, who's buying, who's selling, who's selling music, who's selling Bieber coins. Got Damn it. it, I used Bieber again. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, any final words to our listeners about uh, the first decentralized record label? I would say learn about it as much as you can. You need to be aware that the BitShares way of looking at it is making a blockchain profitable for the blockchain holders. So whoever holds a share in that blockchain, whether it's Bitcoin or Litecoin or BitShares Music, it has to be profitable. And one big last thought, though, it's time for a change, a new way to do business in music. Tighter, more efficient, more profitable for the artists with less work. Go out and perform, have a good time, do what you can for the fans, and let the peer tracks do the rest. I like it, That's man. It. That's great stuff, guys. So tell our listeners, if you would, the best way for them to get in touch with you guys if they have any questions or if they just want to reach out to you guys. Don't call me. I'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess you could, uh, if you look at both websites, so both the BitShares Music Foundation's website or PeerTracks, there's a contact us email. ecorral at peertracks.com. Go ahead and send an email. <laughs> okay, and Corral, C-O-R-R-A-L. That's right, at peertracks.com. Ecorral at peertracks.com. Yes, sir. All right, great. Hey, guys, thank you so much for being on the show once again. And I look forward to having you guys on again in a couple of months or whenever to find out more about what's going on with this first decentralized record label. Exciting stuff, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. All thanks. right, it's good to be Bye. here. Yeah, thanks so much for being on the show, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, John. Hello friends, have you heard? I have for you a magic word, and today the magic word is notes, like musical notes, N-O-T-E-S, notes. Now climb aboard y'all, this train is bound for glory, and there's plenty of room for all. Well, Satoshi Nakamoto, that's a name I love to say And we don't know much about him, but he came to save the day When he wrote about the way things are and the way things are to be He gave us all a protocol this world had never seen Or Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain Or Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name told about the death of old Mount Gox, about traders trading altar coins and miners mining blocks. But them good old boys back in Illinois and on down through Tennessee, see they don't care to be a millionaire, they're just wanting to be free. Oh Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain, oh Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain, till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name. While the bankers count our money out for every government 
Oh, Bitcoin flies on through the skies of virtuality A promise to deliver us from age-old tyranny Oh, Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain Oh, Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your Give me some exposure Everybody knows your name, sing it Oh Lord, pass me some more Oh Lord, before I have to go Oh Lord, pass me some more I'd like to thank my guests on the show today, Cedric Cobbin and Eddie Corral of the BitShares Music Foundation. To find out more about BitShares Music Foundation, go to bitsharesmusicfoundation.org. To find out more about my guests and sponsors, Check out the show notes on the Let's Talk Bitcoin page, on SoundCloud, or on BitcoinsAndGravy.com. Thanks for tuning into the show, and if you really do like the show and you aren't just faking it, please tell your friends about it or send them a link to the show. And remember the Bitcoins and Gravy hotline. Have you ever wanted to be a podcaster? Then call Bitcoins and Gravy at 615-208-5198 and leave a message with your comments, questions, or complaints. This is your chance to give me a piece of your mind and tell me what you really think about the show. (laughs) And if you give me your permission, I will put your call-in comments on the show. And of course, I offer a number of ways for you to download all of the past podcasts. You can go to letstalkbitcoin.com or directly from SoundCloud, or you can go to the website, which of course is bitcoinsandgravy.com. If you've enjoyed the show, please take a minute to leave a review on SoundCloud. And remember, it's your reviews and comments that help new listeners discover Bitcoins and Gravy, plus all the other great podcasts, articles, and links that can be found on the Let's Talk Bitcoin network. I also thank you for your generous donations in Bitcoin or Litecoin that help me keep the lights on and coffee in the kettle. Signing off now from East Nashville, Tennessee, I'm your host, John Barrett, with my trusty companion, Maxwell. Say goodbye, Maxwell. (laughs) Wishing you all a great week. Y'all be good to each other out there now, and remember the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men and women to do nothing. Yeah, I know. I know it was. I know it was a short show. I don't feel well. The next show is going to be short too because I've got to go out of town. You know that. No, I'm not going to record. No, I'm not going to record anymore. No, the sh- this is the end of the show, dude. But you can stay here and keep talking. But I'm, I'm, I'm done. No, I'm serious. Yeah.
Max, that's not funny. No, look. Hey, I'm doing as well. I'm do. Okay, I'm going. Right, no, no, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going. Young man, this conversation is over. I'm out. I'm out. Oh, <laughs>